to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck, and be more confident in your 30s. Welcome to episode number 69. Really exciting, we're creeping up to the 70th episode and also 70,000 downloads, which we will probably hit in the 69th episode, which is so fun and I'm just so happy that you are all here and coming back and sharing with me all the feedback that you do about the episodes. It means so much to me and I'm just so happy to have you as part of my Turning 30 community, which is getting better and bigger each year. So today's episode is another client episode because I really thought about what would serve my audience to hear in December at that time of year when we're really reflecting and we we kind of all need that inspiration of the changes that we can make and what's possible for us and that's why I've invited my client Cam onto the podcast today to talk about her experience but Before we do, I just wanted to let you know about an event that I am running alongside my own life coach, uh, Nicole Oren, who joined me for a podcast episode a few weeks ago all about decision making. And we decided that it wasn't enough just to record a podcast episode together. We enjoyed it so much and we are loving our latest collaborations and we have decided that we want to run an event for both of our communities on January the 1st, so Sunday, January the 1st, in the evening time, um, UK time, it will be daytime um, America. And what we're going to do is do a reflection, conversation slash workshop, all about re-deciding. So if you've listened to the podcast episode, you'll hear us diving into decision making, why decision making is so difficult, why people block themselves from making decisions and how to get over that and to basically take control and become somebody who is good at making decisions. And something that Nicole said in the episode, which I think really resonated with me, and I'm sure did with so many of you as well, is that every single thing in our life is a result of a decision that we've made. And sometimes we think that it's not because we think that decisions have been made for us, but even letting someone else decide for us or sitting in a decision and not making a decision is a decision. So when she said that, it really did get me thinking about how every single thing that we do or will do in the future is a process that we've gone through about decision making. And when me and Nicole decided to collaborate, we thought it would be a really good idea to do a live event all about re-deciding. So this really comes from this idea that every decision that we make is a sum of all the different decisions that we've made in the past. And, you know, it begs the question, if you could redecide everything that's going on in your life right now, what decisions would you make again? So all the different areas of your life, career, romantic life, lifestyle, where you live, who your friends are, how you spend your days, the job that you do, the business that you run, if you could redecide it all again from scratch, what decisions would you make? What would you decide to let go of? And what would you decide to keep? Would you stay in the job that you currently hate? Would you leave your really sweet but very annoying roommate? Would you decide to keep casually dating that guy who isn't ready to commit? And that's what we want to host a conversation and a workshop on, all about how to re-decide how your 2023 is going to look. 
and really to get you to remake those decisions again and walk into 2023 feeling empowered, certain and decisive. So please join us on January the 1st. If this sounds like something that you are interested in signing up for, then follow the link in the podcast bio and you can go and sign up there or you can catch either of us on our Instagrams and you can go across, it's also in the notes, the Instagram links and you can sign up via our Instagram. Really excited to see you all there. We're also going to be redeciding uh, ourselves and I know so many of you are going to benefit from going into the new year and we're running it on January the 1st because what else is there better to do on New Year's Day than actually start to put into practice things that you want to follow through the rest of the year. Now getting back to the episode today, I've called this episode Turning 30 and having more life in your years. And this is a goal that this specific client, Cam, set when she came back to me for her second batch of coaching. So Cam originally signed up with me just over two years ago. We worked together for the better part of a year and then she had a break and then she came back to me to do another program earlier this year. And when she set the goal, this was really clear to her that she had just decided to go all in on her life. She wanted her life to be full and empowering and authentically her. So she set this goal and I just I just love it. I've stolen it for myself because I think that it's that reminder, that one life mentality that you get to just live life on your own terms and that's what, you know, your 30s should be this time in your life where you actually reassess how you want to live and then you go out and live it. And Cam is such an inspiration because, you know, I get emotional actually even thinking about her process and I always have these flashes and I think I speak about it in the episode with her that when she came to me, she was a completely different person in a really different position to that she is now. And she has turned her life around. And the fact that her results when I say results, I mean the way her life looks now, is so drastically different than they did when we met over two years ago, is all because of the work that she's done, the investments that she made in herself, the time, the energy, the work that she did in the sessions, in between the sessions, and as you will hear on the episode, it's just a pure example, a really amazing example of how to take control of your mindset and your mental health, even when it's at an all-time low, and then how to use those tools, the ones that coaching can give you, to build up your life. Now, I don't want to give too many spoilers for the episode, so I'm going to leave you to hear it for yourself. But what I will say is, if you're feeling in a low place right now, if you're feeling that something just has to change, something's got to give and you can't carry on, and next year has to look different and you're just there and making it you know, the best year that it can be, then I think that Cam's story is going to really resonate with you. So I'll introduce Cam briefly. She turned 31 this year. As I said before, she's been doing uh, coaching for the past two years after entering a point in her life where she felt totally lost. She was stuck and she was really worried about her future. And through coaching, she's really learned to enjoy the journey that is life and to stop worrying so much about the destination. Hey Cam and welcome to the podcast. Morning, Emma. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. One of my favorite episodes, of course, because it's a client episode. And I thought that we would just start off by me explaining what happened when we first met, when our when our paths first crossed. So 
you found me through Instagram, right? That was how you came across Turning 30. Yes. Yep. And so when I'm booking in one-on-one coaching clients, I run initial consultation calls that are these free hour-long calls that I do to meet the client. And, you know, I've been doing these calls for so long for, for however many years now. And although we did meet, it was more than two years ago, two years and a couple of months ago, I already at that point have this thing and I still have it to this day that when I run initial consultation calls and I get a client, it's almost like a date, like you feel the energy of the person and I can quite instantly know who is going to be a client or not. I usually have a very strong intuition to know almost from the first like five minutes of the call, like, okay, this person, she's going to be my client. And I remember when you came on the call, feeling that really strong connection with you and being like, okay, Cam, she's going to be my client. And I was really, really sure. And I remember having the call, I was actually back in Manchester in my, in my mum's house. And, and then you said no. And I remember being like, oh, <laughs> and like, obviously no, no rejection is nice, but I think it was more from that place of like, oh, I really, really felt that you were going to be my client. And I said, okay, fine. My radar's off. It was like a bit mm-hmm. of a, when you go on a date and you think the other person enjoyed it and you, and you're like waiting for the call. And then, and then a couple of months later, actually you contacted me again. It was exactly two years ago. I think maybe even to this week. And you said yes, and that you wanted to to go ahead. So I wanted to say that. I don't know. I've never told you that story before. No, you didn't. And I was just playing hard to get. What can I say, Emma? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but yeah, so I thought it would be a good idea just to start off the episode as to hear where were you two years ago? And, you know, what was the process that you went through that led you to to turning 30 and, and to, to coaching? Yeah. Well, when I think about that time, I feel really emotional because I just remember how I felt, I think, when I first contacted you. So you were right. I think I saw a lot of your content on Instagram and it just completely resonated. I was 29, going to turn 30 in the next couple of months. And I just thought my life does not look how I thought it would look when I would be 30 in that I was in a job that I hated. I wasn't married or I was in a relationship that was not so great didn't really serve both of us but you know it wasn't going into like marriage territory so I was like okay I'm I'm horribly off track all my friends are getting married they're having kids they're in jobs that they really like and I'm just miserable I live with my parents and I'm a loser that was the honest I think thought at, at the time and I remember when I first spoke to you I think just the feelings in that in that chat just was very just pessimistic around what the future could look like and I remember just being on that call with you and thinking this is a really big decision I don't know if I can do this and I just couldn't make a decision for myself and that was the reason why I said no initially but there was something in my head just kept I thought about it every day and I think we had a space of like two to three months I think before I came back to you it was every day I was like hmm this thing maybe I should give Emma a call maybe I should give Emma a call and I kid you not I think there was something in me that was saying just have a look at this thing have a look at this thing and I'm so glad I just lent into that because yeah and then I, I came back to you in a couple of months to be like actually yeah let's do it this this feeling isn't going away I think I need to continue with this and I'm, I'm glad we, we did that. The rest is history. Yeah. But what, what, what was holding you back the most, do you think? Like when you were on that first call and like you said, there were things going on in your life and you weren't in the space that you wanted to be. And, and I think you're actually a good example of a, of a 
a typical turning 30 client. So when I say typical, mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't like one specific thing that you needed to solve. It was this general feeling that was like across the board almost of nothing's feeling quite right. And I need to make a change, but maybe not sure exactly which thing to tackle first. Mm -hmm. And you obviously knew you wanted to make a change. And I actually remember it's coming back to me now that you'd spent quite a bit of that year on personal development. It wasn't like you didn't know anything about coaching. You really been interested. I think that you'd Mm -hmm. you'd really been diving into that self-development world and you were aware that you wanted to change. But what do you think the main thing that was stopping you from actually, you know, signing up or investing and, and going all in on yourself? That's a good question, isn't it? I'm trying to go, go back because I forgot about that as well, because I was reading like different books and different podcasts. And I think the feeling was like you can read all of these materials and they all make sense when you read them. Like, yep, they're all common sense. Great stuff. But then it's really hard to look to actually put them to life like practically how do you then live and breathe it to actually make a change and I think I just had a really scattergun focus to be like right I've got all of these things that I want to fix in my head I've got to fix all of these things don't know where to start don't know how to prioritize and therefore I'm not achieving anything because my focus was too varied and I, I think I just at that time just needed support particularly one-to-one support just to help me get along that journey I think honestly it was oh this is like quite a lot of money to spend I think that was also a blocker like what am I going to spend like this is quite a big investment is it worth it I could be doing this and then I think over the the month the period that we we didn't speak I was a bit like I would throw this money away in a heartbeat if it was a holiday to Bali or a holiday to Thailand or holiday wherever it was I wouldn't even blink but now I'm spending it on myself. Like, what, what, what's coming up, Cam? How does that work? And I think that's when I came to the conclusion, conclusion that I was a bit like, well, all of those things are worth it. Surely, if I could, and I think you said something to to me around, if what is the price that you'd pay to stay the same? Mm. And that's what got me really thinking around, okay, what am I going to do with this anyway? It's lockdown, it's COVID. I can't spend this money anyway. Just, just go for it. This is the best way to do it. Yeah. And let's be honest, like exactly like you said, the investment is a big deal. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Also in COVID, I know on one hand, a lot of people did invest in themselves in COVID because they were at home and they couldn't go on yeah. holiday and the money that they would have spent on those other things went towards, you know, different, different areas of life. And, and that's why so many coaches became very, very successful over, over COVID. And now kind of things have shifted because life has gone back to normal quote unquote and people are spending money again on on other things mm-hmm. but I think we're forgetting that during that time as well there was this fear people were losing jobs not everyone mm-hmm. had job stability the economy was obviously like all called into question so it wasn't like that was still an easy decision for you even though obviously you weren't able to book that trip to Bali it was still difficult to say okay I actually, I think it's about worthiness. I deserve Mm. to spend this money on myself. And I think that a lot of people are afraid because they've never actually invested that much money into themselves before. It's always something external. And it feels quite risky because you're not getting a tangible thing at the end of it, are you? Because it's all all of these things that we talk about are very intangible. You don't know what you're going to look like in the next three to four months so there's a lot of uncertainty and for me I'm someone that I don't like uncertainty I I will try that's why I overthink and that's why I worry because I'm trying to fix solve those questions that I will never really be able to answer so just getting comfortable with the okay whatever you put into this is what you'll get out of it 
think that's the first thing. And I have to say, I think it's just definitely the best money that I've spent. And it's about taking a risk. You, I think generally in life, you'll, you'll, you'll earn money, you lose money, you spend money, whatever. It, it will come back in, in waves. And I just think looking back, it was definitely the best investment I've made. Because when, yeah. I, when I think about Cam that came to see you that first consultation, I really just want to give her a hug. Like it makes me, it tears me up just thinking about it because like she was just in such a bad place, like really low self-worth, very negative thinking, very negative outlook on the world. Didn't think she had a bright future in front of her because she was just like, I'm in a job that I hate, never going to get out of this, just in this toxic environment. And it's just been, I just feel like day and night now thinking like two years down the line now. And I think about her, just like, who is this person? (laughs) right I hope and it'll be okay it'll be okay yeah it makes me feel really emotional it makes me feel emotional too actually because and and I think you know obviously I've worked with so many clients over the past few years but your day and night like your difference before and after is one of the yeah like say the most extreme but the most the most profound I think because Mm. I and I think that we spoke about this obviously because for everyone listening to know Cam completed was it nine months we coached together in the first time we did three months and then six months then you you um finished the the second container that we did and went off and then we reconnected again a year later and we've been doing some coaching again this year and we speak a lot on voice notes in between our sessions and we're, we're catching up and I sometimes just have these flashes when we're speaking of this initial consult where we met like I remember it so clearly I don't know why it's so I remember some of the things that we said and I remember having the conversations with you and then I receive a voice note from you in 2022 saying all the things and we're obviously going to explain to everybody what differences in the journey that you went on and Mm -hmm. I do have this emotional feeling of like oh my god is this the same person like it happens a lot I think I've said it to you before yeah I'm like it's so interesting to hear like the way that your mind works now it's so different. It's almost like your mind was a computer programmed onto one setting when we first met. And then yeah. over the course of the time, and it has been longish. I mean, it's actually very short in the course of life, but you know, it wasn't something that happened overnight. Mm-hmm. And then you've reprogrammed your mind. And then now you say things and the way that you look at things and the opportunities that you've taken and the decisions that you're making and all the results that are showing up in your life. And it is emotional because it's just to think you literally I call it like a, you did the, you jump started the car, like with the jump leads. Mm-hmm. And even when you were in that low self-worth, even when you were in a space of feeling like the future wasn't bright, still a little part of you believed there was something better. And that little part of you was what invested. And I think that so many yeah. people struggle to connect to that little part of them that deserves more, but they just can't get there. Yeah. I think the part of me that really led into that was, I was asking myself the question, what is who is the type of cam I want to be? Do I want to be this person? And what version of myself do I want to be? Like you've done a lot of, I think we do a lot of work around like, what does future you look like? And it's around where you live, what job you have and all that. But for me, it was really like internally. Do I want to be someone who was insecure, that was really fearful, that had all this self-doubt? Or do I want to be someone who was assertive, took risks, felt confident, like, I think just asking myself that question like every day, even if I wasn't that person then, was like, okay, this is what I'm working towards. And I think it's really, I think it's easy to think now, like, oh yeah, two years ago and it was all like, it's 
it's day and night but it did take a really long time and every day I was doing some sort of self-development work so I was doing the journaling every day I was listening to podcasts I was listening to materials I was always doing the homework that we like set and sharing that with you and discussing it and being I think being very honest around what was coming up and then sharing it yeah so I think it is possible but it's it does it's hard work yeah. And it's it continues to be hard work. It doesn't mean that, you know, the journey's done now. Great. Good to go. There'll always be something that comes up in life where you're like, OK, I need to work through this thing or my needs have changed or something has happened and I need to deal with a difficult situation. And all these tools then equip you to deal with harder things. But that that would be my advice to anyone. Like when you're starting on that journey, it can feel very overwhelming. And I think that's how I felt when I spoke to you, just be like, I feel really small like I don't understand how I can I don't know what this is going to look like but yeah just having signing up for some help when you just need help that's that's what you're paying for I think yeah and it's so important to understand that it's okay like I think you know also in in the UK like it's it's not as acceptable or as known that it's okay to reach out for support and I think that Mm -hmm. people still a little bit afraid to admit that they need help and and yeah like I think that's a really good point as well and I was having flashbacks when you were just speaking of you did work really hard like I remember now like you were you were a client who did do the work every single day you were really invested you made spreadsheets I mean obviously you work in finance <laughs> so that makes sense but I remember coming on to cause and you were like Emma I've, pre- I've prepared this table and I was like yes like this is the this is the sign of somebody who is really not willing to to just hope that things are going to be different. Like you really, mm. like said, it wasn't that you just invested the money. It was like, okay, I'm going to invest the time. You were super committed to the future version of you. So I do want to point that out because I think that, you know, you did work very, very hard and you continue to work hard. And you work hard even when we weren't coaching together because you understand it's it's a process and it, just like Definitely. you said, doesn't change over time. Now, mm. I want to ask you something that when you were in this time, obviously you were just at the end of your twenties and you were really experiencing the pressure of what I call in my coaching, the 30 manuals. So that's the mm-hmm. ticking off all the checklist of the the marriage and the potentially children and, you know, the secure career that you liked and the house and everything. And all, all these things were obviously on your mind. How was comparison showing up for you at this time? Was comparison something that you struggled with? You mentioned oh at God. the start that it was, it was I just want to dive into huge. it. It was massive. I, that's what I would, I don't know who I was comparing myself to specifically, but it was them, like everyone. Everyone is ahead of me in the journey of life. They've got a better job than me. I think uh, from like a, a love life point of view, I was just like, my love life is a mess. Everyone's got themselves sorted and I'm just like here. It was huge. I'm being a Punjabi Indian. I think there is a big societal expectation for women to get married like on in a timely manner and single women do get treated very differently to to married women so just going to family functions and everyone's like okay when are you getting married it was just really enforcing this big hole that I was like I'm, I'm aware I've got this big gap I don't know how to solve this and it would make me feel worse and worse and I think I measured my success mostly on that barometer actually like the fact that I wasn't wasn't married or not even on track to get married at that point. All of my other achievements around the type of trips that I did and like my job, I did have a quite difficult job at the time. None of that really mattered. It was that thing that I wasn't married and I still lived at home. I think that was 
internally at least when I was thinking about am I like a failure or not that was the loudest voice and I used to compare a lot like so much yeah and I, I mean I just resonate so much with that because I think as well like when I started my turning 30 journey also at 29 and I'm also obviously from a Jewish background and again like being I think like nowadays in general society being 29 and single is becoming less boo mm-hmm. than it used to be probably 10 20 30 years ago but yeah. in the Jewish religion being 29 and not even in a partnership is really seen as like that is it like really yeah. it's 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 and, and I really resonate with it because I think it's so true that because of the cultural or religious pressures uh, and it wasn't for me it wasn't about you know specifically my parents are quite liberal like it was they weren't mm. even really putting pressure it was more just like the community pressure or the yes. the, the internalized the expectation yeah yeah and, and everyone think- looks at you different not different but like the type of questions you get like, at family functions and you're just like yeah one you're crossing a boundary really two it's it's none of your business <laughs> Yeah. But I, I realize now, again, like after doing this work, it comes from a place of care because for them, that's what they associate with you being settled and you being happy that you're in a relationship and you're being looked after. I had to be like, actually, don't really need anyone to look after me because I'm financially independent. I can do things myself. I don't really need to rely on anyone. I think that's where that comes from because that is just a traditional mindset. And I think once I overcame that I've just become a lot happier because I now I'm like yeah I I will find someone when the time is right the time is right and the person is right and the relationship is good because again after doing all of this work and I've got a lot more curious around like what's around me just realize that there's a lot of people in very bad relationships and you're just like I didn't want that anymore I, at that time when I when I first met you I thought the biggest fear of my life was that I was going to be single forever but now I've realized that the biggest fear of my life now is to be in a bad relationship. So there's no point in chasing something that just isn't quite right for you. And I think that became, that was from a place of self, low self-worth, just someone's got to want me sort of thing. And now I'm like, you know what, if I, if I meet someone, that's great. And I have faith that I will, but yeah, I don't get so worried about it anymore. Right. And that's such a huge shift. And also I want to pick up on the point where you were just saying like, it's such with such compassion to our to our older family members because it you're right it comes from care it comes from worry because mm. they think they see us as you know these these women who need to be taken care of because that's what they were and it's generational and it's not actually anything to do with we can often think oh they're judging us or they think badly yeah. of us and it's not it comes from worry it comes from care like you said it comes from just genuine concern and that's yeah. on them and it's not on us and we're obviously creating a new narrative for the generate for our generation and the generation below so that's a really good way like it's actually a really good practical thing to, to share with mm-hmm. the listeners of like if you're experiencing that really extreme comparison over the holiday season and I think this episode mm-hmm. is probably going to come out like the week of New Year's or the week of Christmas, I think that it's really important to remember that it's a really nice reframe to go into any family functions or any like, you know, family scenarios, situations is to remember this. I wanted to pick up on that. Mm. And I think what you were saying, and, you know, just to reflect back is like, is that combination of the low self-worth plus the, you know, the community or whatever, the, the external extra pressure that was being put on you that you've internalized. So it's actually coming from you together means that you were discounting all those other successes you were like yeah 
Yes. And, and wow, I feel exactly the same. I feel like it's something I still, you know, still struggle with. It's like, you have all these things, you have all the business success. I have all, you know, I live my life really like how I want to live. And there's yeah. still that underlying like voice in the head saying, okay, but it's not relevant until you live in a partnership. And it's just yeah. not true. And I love what you said of really understanding that the worst fear isn't being alone. The worst fear is creating the wrong relationship. And I think yeah. like, what an amazing thing to say what an amazing reflection and again I'm having flashbacks I'm having I'm having memories of our first sessions together where we did a lot of work on that those thoughts of what if I'm single forever and I remember yeah. that was like a a big thing that came through and not just with you with with so many clients who who come to me and I think that it's really about shifting that to I'm you know I'm going to create my opportunities to be in a relationship mm. without fear of what will be if not so yeah absolutely love that I, I think it became more intense it was more intense for me at the time because I thought that being in a relationship would make me happy like once once I find someone all my problems will be solved I'll be happy I'll be happily ever after it just does not work like that and I remember when we were coaching we were talking about goals and I was saying I want to be more authentic because I didn't really understand. I didn't know how to express myself at all, like how I was feeling, what I was thinking, what I needed, because I was so fixed into like people pleasing, trying to play up to societal norms, doing what I think I should be doing. And I was so disconnected from what, who I was and who I needed to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. In the, in the journey that I've been on, your relationship just adds to your life. It shouldn't be a bigger thing. So if you were to work on all of those things and build a life that you love, a relationship will then add to it and it will come a lot more organic. It will be, you'll find someone that's also in the same headspace as you. And I do, I do believe you attract who you are. So if you're coming at it from like a very negative, like I don't want to use the word desperate because it's not desperate, but it, it kind of is when you're, that's your sole focus. You end up, with an outcome that matches the energy that you've put into it. Mm. And I think that's what's changed over this year. Like this year, I've not gone on any dating apps and it's been the best year ever. I've had so much fun because I've invested it all into my friends, all into trips, all into activities that I just thought I didn't have time for because dating should be the priority. And I've met this year, like the connections, however long they've lasted, whatever, I've just been so much more like deeper and more fulfilling and I've just had such a great time and there's no attachment to it either I've just taken it for what it is and like okay oh I love all of this I've got the biggest grin on my face it's just so good and it's so so true like just to I'm not saying you you know everyone listening don't date but for you it was this has been such a journey of coming back to yourself and being authentic calm and like being able to do the other areas of your life that in a way had been neglected, emotionally neglected anyway, if not physically, because you are so hyper-focused on something that, you know, because of all these limiting beliefs. And when you shifted that, how much has opened up for you, which leads on to, I feel like we've not even really gotten to what happened after you signed up for coaching. So but you did a bit of a spoiler of having this amazing year and going on these trips. And I want to dive more into that, but Mm -hmm. let's just start by talking about, you mentioned obviously the internal work that we started doing, which was Mm -hmm. shifting the mindset and the beliefs and people pleasing, setting boundaries. But what happened after you signed up for coaching? Let's kind of talk more chronologically, like how did your life change? What results came through? I think when I signed up with you, what was really good was we started from the basics because like I said I didn't know how to express myself I felt bad for I felt guilty for my 
true feelings because I thought I needed to please someone or whatever it is. So I think it was just really get tuning in to like what was happening for me. And I think in the, in coaching, I realized I had a really negative mindset. My first reaction was always very negative in that it was full of fear, it was full of doubt, just like very negative emotions. So that just meant me as a person, I had a very negative outlook on life. I think that's probably, when I think back to what was the biggest shift, it was slowly trying to rewire those thoughts to say, okay, I'm thinking X now, very negative, not very constructive, not very helpful really. And that's which will perpetuate that cycle of, I feel stuck because then you don't actually do anything because who feels inspired to do anything if you're saying, if you're coming from a place of fear, but slowly being able to work through today to say, okay, how do I change this into a bit more of an empowering thought that's a bit more uplifting, a bit more positive? What does that look like? And I remember that our first three months, that was really the sole thing that we did. I mean, we did more than that, but that was the basics of what it what we started with. And I think that just gave me like a really good framework to get going because what that gives you is self-awareness. Because I think when you're feeling in a really dark space, it's easy to blame everybody, everybody and everything. Like, oh, it's because of the job. Oh, it's because of where I live. Oh, it's because of my parents. It's because of my friends. And you, you, you're a victim to all your circumstances, but actually like how you react and how you think through these things makes the big difference. And I think for me, that was probably where like my self-development really shot off because that just gives you, you can use that in anything, anything and everything. Okay, like now when something comes up, I can, I don't have to go away in journal. Like I can feel myself going, okay, Cam, probably not the right way to think about these things. And I can catch myself a lot more. But again, that came with like practice of just, you know, rewiring is hard because you spent 29 years thinking a certain way. So to like really break, you know, break the circuit, it takes, it takes a lot of like slow graft. And I think that's what was the, the difference. Wow. I love that so much. I think it's so true. Like we're not taught this shit in schools. Like we're not taught mm-hmm. how to catch our thoughts. We're not taught to even be aware of what we're thinking. We do, mm-hmm. it's, it's completely new to most people. And I think that you're right. We, we worked together for the first three months and that really is what we did. Like it was foundation work. It really wasn't. Yeah. I always use the example of like, you know, the three-step process that I take clients through is reflect, accept, take action. And when we want to see a change and you were in a really, in a space of wanting to move out, wanting to, you know, decide about this relationship that you were in, you wanted to potentially change jobs. You were, you were really in a place where you wanted to see those results coming through straight away. And Mm -hmm. I think that it was all about, and you, you did this like very beautifully because you understood the process is that, we can't just run and take action. We can't just quit the job. We can't just end the relationship. We can't just, you know, move house straight away without actually doing the internal work first. And that's why you carried on coaching, I think, because the first three months we kind of went really into the very, very pure core mindset work. And Mm -hmm. then you started to see the shifts and then it was like, okay, now what am I going to do with this new, this new version of myself or this new, it wasn't even a new version. It was almost just like this new tool that you developed and started to practice in your mind. And then it was like, ah, okay. And you shifted from victim, which is a huge thing for you was getting Mm -hmm. out of victim mentality, going into emotional adulthood, realizing it was all in your hands and you had control over it. And then you started to be like, okay, now it's time to take action. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I would say to anyone that's thinking about coaching, I remember the first session that we did, we were thinking about, we did a model around your mindset when your alarm goes off. Because I remember at the time, I was just like, I can't get out of bed, like, because I'm just, I dread the day, I don't want to log in. I should really get up to exercise, but I just can't get myself to do it. And we did a really simple model about mindset, about just waking up on time or like how you snooze the alarm. So for anyone that's thinking about coaching and you're like, oh, okay, well, that sounds a bit naff. Like how you do the small things really dictates on how you do the big things. And you're right. Like you can't just jump into that. Okay. Now I'm going to make this big decision. It's around, okay, how do I talk to myself? of just like waking up in the morning or doing this thing that I want to do versus what I should do really dictates how you then take future action. So don't get, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about coach, coaching, like it's a process Like start from the beginning. Don't like walk before you can run. It, it will be worth it, but have, have a bit of patience with yourself because you will find things along the way that you didn't know that were there. Um, and that's what the journey is like getting really curious around what's coming up for you. What are you thinking about and why? And I think you used to do that a lot as well. Like, where is this coming from? Like, I, this is the thought that's coming to my head. Where has that come from? And then really dig deeper around like, oh, it's because I think I should be doing this, blah, 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 blah. And that's when you can start getting down to the stories that you tell yourself as well. I think we did we did a session on this, like your core beliefs and your core, core stories, things that you didn't even know were there, but they're so in the back of your mind and they're really like dictating like what, you know, what gear you're going into, what direction you're going in. And that takes, that takes time. That takes a lot of curiosity and it takes, you've got to dig deep for it. And I think when I used to hear people say dig deep, I never really knew what that meant. I was just sound like, that sounds so like airy fairy, like what are you even talking about? But um, I think that's it. Just really getting curious and keep asking yourself, like, where's that come from? Why is this? Blah, blah, blah. Ask yourself all those questions, write it in a journal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard work. It's such, it is hard work. I always say this on new clients sign up. I'm like, it won't be easy, but it's going to be so worth it in the end. But like, just as you're speaking, I'm just like, God, I'm in such a love affair with coaching. Like the way you're describing <laughs> it, I'm like, it's so good. Like how amazing that you get to do this work. And like I, the fact that you even said, like we, we started at the basics and with that uh, coaching model about you waking up. And I think that what for me coaching gave to me, and I hope I think it's also given to you and, and to many other clients that I work with is a tool that's just reusable. So you can apply yeah. that, that tool is just, yeah, okay. It helps you wake up in the morning. It helps you get into a mm -hmm. routine. It helps you be more committed to yourself. And then you put that same tool also helped you to do so many other things. Cause it's not really about the time together in the session. It's about you know it is and that helps and that's the practice mm -hmm. but it's about all the other times outside of the session that you're actually catching the thoughts watching the thoughts and yeah. you know you get onto yourself you were onto yourself you were like and now you say you do it now you don't need to journal because you're just like you have a conversation with yourself in your head when things come up I do this all the time and I'm like mm, that's interesting that I'm thinking that well why am I choosing to think that is it serving yeah, me what feelings coming up here is it yeah. because I'm just scared because it's it's hard to do things that are at your comfort zone yeah. So your natural response is to be scared because your your brain is trying to protect you. Yeah. But now you can recognize like what what's happening. You're like, okay, is this something I pushed through, or is this actually my brain telling me that I need to keep safe? And now you can distinguish between the two around. Where do I push to get out of my comfort zone, and where do I just, you know, I'm fine here. I'm just going to stay here because I'm protecting myself. I'm not putting myself in scenarios that are going to hurt me or make me feel bad or anything like that. I think that's that's been pretty interesting as well because yeah. I think that was one of my goals of like getting more out of my comfort zone because I was 
I guess you end up feeling those things because you've been in your comfort zone for too long. It's your body and your mind telling you that, you know, this, this isn't quite right for you. So getting out of my comfort zone now, like I lean into it a lot more and it, it, it's scary. And that's when I do have to journal to be like, okay, I'm feeling all these things. But, and, and I remember you saying this to me as well, like if it was easy, everybody would do it. And doing hard things is difficult and you'll do it. And fear is always going to be there. You're always going to doubt yourself along the way. But if it's something that you really want, you'll you'll get there and it will be okay in the end. So that's all, yeah, that's been pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. It's so, 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 so true about the fear thing. And I think like the old versions of the same us, because also I was in the same position as you six years ago, you just, you wouldn't even realize it was fear. The fear just controls you. You didn't, Mm -hmm. when you're not in that self-awareness, you will never even stop and think, okay. You're in the back seat. Your your brain is like telling you like, nope, we're going to, we're going to stay here. And it's, it's the difference in being in the back seat and then taking the driving seat a bit. And I think I learned that your brain will make you, will say silly things to you like all the time. I I don't think I realized this at at that point, but you have to keep yourself in check. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's so easy for it to go off in like, into spiraling, into overthinking, into worrying and just be in the back, be in the front, front seat a lot more, like take control. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what results started to come through for you? So we did this foundational work and we, you know, you started to do the rewiring, you learned all these tools, you really, you know, like we said, lent into those narratives and stories and started to reframe them all and you felt better and you started to doing the work, even though it was hard. Then what happened? Like what, how did it show up in your life? You know, we set the goal originally about getting out of your comfort zone. What things did you start to do? Yeah, I think first of all, I left. I left my job. I did that when we were we were coaching, and I found that really difficult. I remember we must have spent quite a few sessions talking about it because I was just like, ah, I'm really scared. I'm moving to a role that I don't really know about, but I was in a really toxic work environment for me, at least. Like, I think people there like could be quite happy there, but for me, it just wasn't. It wasn't working out. I left a job that I would be thinking about to leave to leave for ages, and I started to show up more at work. So. Usually I'd be like, oh, I don't really want to present because, oof, yeah, too worried about that. I started to lean into that a bit more and I'd like try and encourage myself to do things at work that I wasn't, wouldn't usually do. So I started to do that. After lockdown, I started dating again. And then I, I got a lot of self-awareness around my own, like, how am I showing up and realized, oh, actually, this is an area that I need help with. And I got specific coaching for that, which was also really, really helpful. I bought my own place. It'd been on my mind for a while. And I know we did that together, Emma, but that was really scary because in my mind, the story that I had for myself was like, oh, this is something that you do with a partner. You don't do this by yourself. And I just thought, this is something that I want to do. Who am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? Let's just go and do it. So I did that. And that all happened in the space of like six, no, three months, three or four months. So it was very intense. So coaching for me was like an incubator slash accelerator. Because I knew I wanted to do all of these things before, but I was too scared to do them. And I think this gave me the confidence to just tackle these things and say, you know what, it's okay. There's support all around. Support doesn't have to be a specific person. I had a lot of support for my friends and family and talking to you as well, Emma, throughout the whole process. But yeah, they were all things I've been thinking about for years. I just was like, got to start doing all these things on my list. The, the jump leads came in it was like you yeah. jump started your life I really really feel it like and absolutely love just written it down coaching for me was an incubator and an accelerator like what an amazing thing to say mm-hmm. and you know I want to 
push back and say it was the coaching, but it wasn't. It was you. Like you obviously mm. just, you know, the, the coaching was the jump leads and you just took control. You went in the driver's seat and you started doing all of these things. And and yeah, like I, I mean, I just love what you said about the house thing that it that was such a big deal for you. Not because, you know, obviously buying a house is a big deal for anybody, but it was mm. because of the perception that you had about yeah. doing it alone. And that was a big thing for you. And it was a big step to say, I'm not going to sit and wait around now. Almost that kind of getting out of that rescue mentality of I'm going to sit and wait around yeah. to meet the partner who will then pick the house with me and then we'll move. And I'm just going to yeah. stay and wait until that happens. And you just yeah. were like, no, I am doing this. And I remember having coaching sessions around that. And it was a, it was a tough decision. And I feel like, you know, you really stepped up there and yeah, you did just at the end of the day, get out of your comfort zone and do something big. And how was it yeah. to do it? And just started, it's, it's been brilliant. And I think the difference was that um, old me would have been very much like the goal has to be perfect. Like if it's not perfect, then what's the point in starting? Whereas like for the house, for example, I knew it wasn't in the area that I wanted particularly. It, I knew that I wanted to be closer to the city because it was a bit further out. Uh, this is what I could afford at the time. But the difference was, I could now start that journey because I was like, okay, this is step one. This is part of the journey. That goal is still out there, but this is me working towards these things. Like, I'm not going to just leapfrog to that thing. One, because if you're if you're not too confident, that can feel very overwhelming. But two, that is part of life, that you will progress towards things that you work towards. And this is part of the journey. And had I not done coaching, I probably wouldn't have got the house if I'm being honest, because I would have been like, no, but I don't want to be here. So I'll just stay here and be miserable instead. But that just gave me so much more confidence to then be like, life is going to change. And it's okay to change your mind in a year or two years or whatever. You don't, your results don't have to be permanent. And I think that's what I used to think about, about my career, about relationships, about anything really. Like this thing's got to last. And it, it doesn't need to be like that. It can it can serve you for whatever time it needs to serve you. And then you move on. And I remember having the sessions about the house and you were really, one of the things really holding you back from it was, what if I want to live in the city? What if it's the wrong location? What if I want to move country? What if I want to move city? And that was also something that was holding you back from it, exactly like you just said. And then we problem solve for it. So that's a lot of the things that we do when we make decisions in coaching is to say, okay, let's go to all the different scenarios and let's ahead of time, think of what we'll do if it, that time was to come around that you did want to move and we like came up with a really practical solution. And then yeah. I remember we flash forward obviously until now and we're coaching together and the problem solving that we, the solution that we came up with is actually what happened. And I remember you really saying after like, oh yeah, like it was all fine. Just as we said, okay. We, I think we used to say, future cam will deal with that. We'll cross that bridge when she comes yeah. to it. And then all of a sudden you were at the bridge and then you crossed, like it was fine. You crossed yeah. it. Then you're like, this was part of the plan. And it just made it so much easier to deal with. Yeah. I have another question. So when you came back for coaching, so obviously you've had this really, like you said, this incubator slash accelerator time and all these like big changes have happened. And I guess obviously life was getting back to normal with mm-hmm. um, the end of the pandemic and you know, you started dating and you obviously in a very, very different headspace and, and physical space, you set another goal and then you came back to me and we actually officially set it as the, as the program. And I actually named the episode after this goal of having more life 
in your mm. years. And that's what yeah. I want to call the episode because it's something that actually, you know, I'm always inspired by my clients when they set goals, but it's something that you've come up with. And I've actually also like really taken it on to be a personal goal of mine from, from hearing you coach on it and talk about it. Can you explain what that means to you having more life in your years and how you, how you've been practicing that in the past, in the past year? Yeah. I guess for me, I just wanted so many more experiences. Like one of my core values after getting really curious about what drives me, one of my core values is adventure. I had just felt in my 20s, I could have just done so much more had I taken more risks, had I just bit the bullet a bit more. And I think that for the last two years, that's really been my, I just want to, you know, throw myself into life. Whatever comes my way, I'm going to say yes or I want to challenge myself a lot more, get out of my comfort zone. So I've been doing like solo trips a lot more where trips that I would never have done like three years ago, I did a week of paddle boarding with a a company called Gutsy Girls, like some lovely girls there. I did kayaking in Norway this year, again, like in a group. And I've come back with just, it just fills me with lots of joy and lots of warmth where you just get to see the world in different places with a different view from what I usually did because well, I, I live in London the normal thing to do in London is you go and eat dinner go to a few bars go to a few restaurants and it's just a continual cycle so I just want I wanted varied experiences I think that was very important to me of like getting outdoors a lot more using my body because being active and exercising is important to me and being healthy and I think over COVID I just got an appreciation for being outside a lot more to be honest and that's just really driven me so just the people that I meet the experiences that and I now choose, how I spend my free time. I'm all about trying to get just varied experiences and it's it's been great. Uh, but I think that's driven from like, I had real curiosity around like what drives me and what motivates me and what gives me joy. Because your life, you, you want to build a life that you enjoy, no matter how small it is, from it's the coffee shop from around the corner from you, or it's your commute to work, or it's, you know, how you spend your evenings. All of those little things, they kind of need to be things that give you a little bit of joy. I think there's things in life that won't, but large part, you can build a life that you enjoy. And it doesn't mean booking six holidays a year and waiting for the for in between each trip to be like, can't wait till I go to Thailand in four weeks. Can't wait till I go to blah, 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 which I think a lot of us millennials end up doing. You're always chasing that high. And actually, it's all about building a lot, your day to day. Like, what does that mean, and what does that look like? And that's just given more life in my years because now I'm not waiting to just enjoy my two weeks of annual leave a year. I'm being a bit more consistent from like a day to day point of view, and it's it's really changed my mindset. I think that's why I'm also a bit like this has been the best year ever because I've really worked out what all those little things are. So yeah. Oh. So good. It's just so good. And it's so true. And that's what I've taken it like to have more life in my years is that the years go by quickly, you know, they, they do. really do. Like, can you believe it's going to be 2023 in just a matter of weeks? And it we're all still processing 2020. And it's just mm-hmm. feels, the years go by so quickly and life is going. And and honestly, like 30 is so young. But when we turn 29 and we come in coming up to our 30th birthday the speed of life feels more, it just, you feel more aware of it. I think teenagers and twenties, it just is like, what? Like the second part of life or like that kind of like being an adult and being older just seems so far away. And there's something about turning 30 that just, it feels a little bit more urgent. And then it just, that's for me, like what promotes like all of a sudden this like 
no, I'm not just going to settle. I'm not just going to yeah. stay in the job. I'm not just going to stay in the, in the house. You know, I want to make sure that everything that I'm doing is thought out in some way. Now, it doesn't mean not to be able to relax. And of course, you know, you you even just mentioned this before, like not everything's always perfect. We're not always going to mm. be happy and, and there's compromises to be had and not everything always works out exactly as we want it to. But there's something about like you having the choice and the control over the things that you can have to make yeah. sure that your life is as good as possible, which so many yeah. people don't do. Absolutely. I think when you turn 30, you realize that your time is more precious because you realize that you spend lots of time doing things that you probably didn't really enjoy, but you did because you were trying to make friends or that's what everybody else was doing or whatever. And I think when you turn 30, you can really just stand on your own a little bit more and just be a bit more like self-assured and say, well, this is the thing that I want. And I think what's really changed how I view experiences now this year was I was chatting with some friends earlier in the year and they asked me this question of if you were to die tomorrow what would your final day on earth look like and it sounds really morbid but it got me really thinking about my bucket list and everything and then realizing actually I don't really have as much time as I think I do because again thinking about oh I'm single blah 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 I'm not going to get this time back where I can be completely selfish with my, with my time what I spend my money on, who I give my attention to. So I should just go all in, go all in and just do all the things that you said you do and you never did. Just do them. Like, what else? What are you waiting for? You don't have to wait for a friend. You don't have to wait for a partner or anything like that. If you've got the means to do it, just honestly, just go for it because there is no better time to do it. Yeah. And I, I call this one life mentality and it's something like that being aware of like, we do have one life. So do yeah. things like just just do it and what's next for you because I was gonna say you've got something big coming up early next yeah. year so if you want to share I've signed myself up for a challenge again this has been on my bucket list for a couple of years but I just thought oh I'll do it later and then later never came so I signed up for it in February I'll be hiking Mount Kilimanjaro for charity raising money for Parkinson's and the reason why I signed up for this is I've always wanted to do a physical challenge. Like I said, like being healthy and exercising is important to me. I like being outdoors. Uh, my dad is from Kenya, so we have these East African roots. So he's always wanted to do it himself, but can't now because he's older. And I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And I was terrified. I'm not good. Like, I'm not a mountaineer hiker person by any means. I'm a London city girl. I am soft <laughs> as hell. I <laughs> Going to the countryside is hard for me. <laughs> I was terrified, but I just thought, again, when I'm older or when I'm on my deathbed or whatever, am I going to regret not going? And the answer was yes. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up and I'll think about everything else afterwards because I'll, I'll work towards it. I'll get there and it will be okay in the end. And whatever happens, happens. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited by it. But I think I've just been a bit more encouraged to just again like go outside of my comfort zone and I've, like, I've got some friends now coming with me as well because they were like oh if you're going we'll come too so my brother's coming and my friends are coming but yeah no I'm really excited for it and it, what's great I feel like this is such a good there's so many metaphors with climbing giving Mark Kilimanjaro that we can talk about with coaching but I think it's a really good example of you you signed up alone right you just said I want to do it. You didn't wait for anyone. You didn't collect a group together. You just, you signed up as a lone person and you were like, I'm going to do it. And I always say this to clients, like when you go on a solo date or you go on a solo trip, like just, just sign up. You have to tell anyone, just, just go like book the flight. Yeah. And then 
everyone else signed up with you. And I think that's so great <laughs> to look at it like that is like, it's like what you were saying before about like the waiting thing. Like I'm not going to wait to, you know, I can just, I can go and buy the house or I can wait for somebody to come along. I can go and sign up for mm. the challenge or, you know, I can wait for somebody to do it with me. And it's like, yeah, I can go and just, that's the metaphor of just like life. Like, yeah, I can wait around for things to change or I can just go ahead and get it. And I feel like that is just something that you have just really practiced you know, in the past two years. And it's, it's really inspiring to watch. And it's obviously really amazing to support you on the on the journey when you're doing it. Thank you, Emma. Yeah. And this is why I get so emotional thinking about old me, because I'm just like, oh, I've come so far. So far. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. But it's also just how you talk to yourself as well. Like now I'll be a lot kinder and be like a bit more encouraging. Before I just be like, oh, God, you've messed up again. And just how you talk to yourself internally has really changed. Yeah. I mean, everything has changed from the way, you know, your life looked on the outside to the way it looks on the outside now, all the different, you know, the amazing things you've created for yourself. And again, obviously the internal shift has been the the cause of that. I guess we'll just leave the episode on a final note of what would you say to somebody who is, who is you? Or maybe you can even think about it that what would you say to 29 year old Cam? You know, somebody mm. who's in that position of you're just feeling flat and feeling like nothing's working out and feeling like maybe mm. 20s have kind of come and gone and you're not in the place that you want to be you know do you have any words of wisdom for that person first of all it'll be okay because you're not the only one I think I felt like I was the only person again from the comparison standpoint everybody else has got their shit together and I don't let me tell you nobody has their shit together you'll never have it together even when you're 50 or whatever age you'll never have it together but if you're feeling this certain way that is your mind and your body trying to tell you something that something's got to change. So really lean into that feeling and get really curious as to like what's coming up for you. Do the journal. I know Emma, you you swear by journaling. I do too, because I have a very like rational mind. And when it's all in your head, it feels very confusing. Get it all down on paper and start having a look. And if you feel like this is overwhelming, get help, spend the money, find yourself a coach, really get someone to support you along the way. Because like I said, it's it's an incubator and an accelerator at the same time. Like if you put in the energy that, that it deserves, you will get the, the output. That output will look very different to you depending on what your goals are. But things will, will change and they can change. You've just got to have that commitment to yourself that do I want, do I want to do better, do better, whatever that looks like for you? Yeah. Or do I want to stay in this place? where I'm confused, I'm stuck, I don't know what to do. I'm going to blame somebody else. I'm waiting for someone to come and save me because no one is coming. The only person that can save you is yourself. Not your parents, not your siblings, not your partner. You've got to do this by yourself. So I think that would be my words of encouragement and start small because it's it's really hard to start on a journey when you don't know what the path is going to look like. But just imagine the version of you that you really want to be. And like to, to me, that was my source of inspiration. Like that's the that's me that I'm working towards and you'll get there yeah wow amazing 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 such an amazing episode thank you so much for coming and sharing so vulnerably about your process and everything that you've been through and you know I know that anyone listening will be really inspired to hear what you've built for yourself and good luck climbing the mountain it won't be easy sorry just as the self-development journey isn't but (laughs) you'll get to the top I know I have every faith that you will and yes thank you so much again and I will see everybody on the podcast next week